Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Mad Sounds Podcast. It's a very special edition of the podcast. It's the Christmas edition. My name is Will Sparks, and this week we are joined by the parish. Matt, how are you? Um, so well, mate. As you can see in my um, Santa hat, I'm partying it up for Christmas. <laughs> Only us three days worth. A few days away now. <laughs> the big day. Santa hat. What, what What are you drinking tonight? What drink have you brought along to the uh, Christmas party? I've actually brought along um, some gin uh, and tonic. You know. <laughs> <laughs> staple of the of the festive season, I feel, with, with quite a generous helping of ice. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I like I like my drink cold and wonderful. I'll probably nurse it a bit, considering I can't go and get another one for a while. So, um, with that in mind, I've got a lot of ice. We've also got our second longest serving player, Steve Pryor, along with us. Steve, what have you brought along on the beverage front tonight? I'm really enjoying your vigor in this intro, by the way. It feels Thanks. So well, it's a Christmas pod. We're all supposed to be happy, even though it's I not. We're all locked it. inside and we can do fuck all. We've got to be, yeah. got to be happy uh, with, with the situation, right? What have you brought along? I'm drinking a, a spiced Negroni, which makes me sound clearly like some sort of mixologist but the reality is someone sent me a box of ready-made cocktails you just pour them into a glass which i think is a great what what do you mean someone i don't know who someone is no no special admirers it was actually through work i'd thoroughly recommend it as a gift it's brilliant just get a nice oh the old work christmas hamper was it yeah, and then stick them in. So that's oh, yeah. my Negroni. Thanks. Uh, what's, the, what's the brand called, mate? Neo, it's called. Neo. N-E-O. I don't want to endorse us. I think it's a brilliant concept, and they're very strong as well. So well done, Neo. He's had a few, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He has indeed had a few. And we've also got Ben Wells, Norwegian football expert and indie music amateur. Ben Wells, how are you, Ben? <laughs> Hello, mate. I just say, yeah, I just, well, before we go to Wellesie's intro, intro, sorry to cut you off, because um, my dad knows you, Wellesie, doesn't he? And and, and, he, and he said, who are you podding yeah. with? And when I said, um, you two, he was like, Wellesie, what does he know? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's it's a fair criticism because, well, yeah, what do I know? I mean, I mean, to be fair, I did defend you and say that you knew a lot about music. I've, I've been to a few gigs. Yeah, I listen to I listen to I've been to a few gigs. But <laughs> take that take that Wembley Arena. I'm a, I'm actually a little bit insulted by that. Like he's me at karaoke. He he knows what I like. He knows what I'm good at, you know, and he's still coming out with statements like that. Great thing yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little bit offended. I think you I should be offended, Wells. You should take it up with him next time you see him. Because he's not going to listen yeah, to this. To he's, to not, he's, not, he's definitely not going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> he's not listening to this. But I wonder if he's been listening to Mad Sounds at all in 2020, because we're going to kick off with our favourite Mad Sounds episode of 2020. Oh, wait, was that, was that, was that my intro? 
me no, being sorry, yeah, Wells, you can intro. Yeah, no, I think that was your intro, actually. Sorry, Wells. Yeah, fine. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Just as, yeah, I feel like you're, uh, you're, you're taking it the wrong way, Wells. You know, he likes to rinse everyone, so don't feel special. I'm just I'm just playing up for the pod, mate. Yeah, good, good, good. Got to massage your egos on this podcast. Yeah, got to keep it through your previous ones for what's my top one. It's actually quite hard. Yeah, the top episode of 2020. We've had a few. We've had our first from our first one with Joe Carnell from Milburn. We've had Phil from the Twang, Tom from Dexter's, Gary from the Libertines, amongst other pods. Where we are you reading off the uh, Sounds Advent list? (laughs) No, that was that was off the the top of my head. Actually, I don't have the uh, your brilliant Advent calendar up at the moment, which you should also go and check out. Uh, The the full 30 days of December. We've each with a uh, 24 a clip i'll start with mine um my my favorite pod was actually with joe the first one we ever did um Fuck, he's stolen one. yeah i've stolen you well you know i've ta- i've taken I've, I've done you at the first corner taken the inside line yeah you with a bit of joke on it that was a great podcast a really good reception to that that one as well um there was a lot of uh, obviously a lot of love for milburn out there and he spoke so well about the old days and the influence of arctic monkeys so i'll go with uh i'll go with joe for a for a kickoff um, I'll let the others go first. Um, Steve, how kind. I am gonna say the one that I found the most interesting listen was probably John Dawkins, because I think it was a real look behind the curtain. Like I feel like there was stuff that he said in there that made me think again about the way like the whole industry sort of works. I remember when he was talking about like, the enemy and and then becoming big and. I mean, little things, but even when he was saying about how they made like Tom Clark, the frontman, read books so that like he became a bit more like passionate in what he felt and thought. And then that was reflected in his music. There was loads of little insights in that, which were amazing. So I really enjoyed that one. I reckon that, I, I mean, Joe's up there, I'm not going to lie, but that one would be up there. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, but Dawkins was also so entertaining, wasn't he? It was like, there were stories there and he's a laugh and he's like, he's a good lad. So yeah. Yeah. Entertaining. Wells? Yeah, I, I quite liked a few. Um, I liked them all, but uh, I quite I quite like one where Preston from Ordinary Boys came on. I thought that was quite insightful. Shut it. Um, <laughs> I thought what? <laughs> oh sh- shit! Sorry, no, no, that's a that's a boys in a band, isn't it? That's a boys in a band podcast. <laughs> um, no, sorry, I really like the one where uh, Jamie Webster came on. Actually, just you know, as a Liverpool fan myself seeing his sort of evolution from Liverpool sort of party anthems sort of fan zone anthems into actual pretty decent singer-songwriter was yeah I thought it was really insightful I think he just seems to come across as a nice bloke and yeah his album's obviously come out this year been pretty impressive with that so yeah I quite I did like that little chat as a sort of more longer distance contributor occasionally to this podcast I am absolutely up for sparking a massive rivalry with the boys in the band I will do anything to stir that pot as someone who can just sit here and throw things in Wellesley if you also want to play that role I would love to I have been trying to spark this for a long time like yeah it's just too Two big podcasts going head to head, isn't it? Boys in a band, Libertines, Mad Sounds, Arctic Monkeys. Oh. <laughs> but it's like Blur versus Oasis all over again. It is, but we did also steal their number one guest, sort of Gary Powell, when he came on our show. So yeah, they stole yours. They got Joe on, didn't they? We had both first. That's we had Joe key. first. And that's the key. And that's the real quiz. Yeah. Um, not that we're counting, but so my 
Well, I'm, I wouldn't. I would love to say Gary Powell. That's one of my favourites. Absolutely, um, and you should definitely listen to it if you're a Libertines fan. That was up the bracket special. Um, but I'm going to mention the Humbug special because it's just so specific and niche, but so wonderful. And like all the contributions of our amazing cast were just just delightful to listen to. Really, just like passionate Arctic Monkeys fans with so much knowledge, all in a room talking about an album for like two hours. <laughs> And also you can check out the Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino version as well, which is all the same things, but a different album. So, yeah, those two Archie Monkey specials are ones for Archie Monkey's fans to, like, absolutely must listen to podcasts. Indeed, very fun, very fun to record as well. As you all know, we love Arctic Monkeys on this podcast, hence the name, hence the bumps. So um, we were very excited to see an enemy today, a ranking of their entire discography. I'm sure many of you are uh, waiting with bated breath to hear our analysis of said list. But we can, in fact, go one better than that, because the author of every single Arctic Monkey song ranked is here to speak to us right now. Welcome, Sophie Williams. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Applause, applause, applause. Um, now, Sophie, first of all, congratulations on essentially accomplishing all of our live streams or, um, on, on this podcast before we did. No, <laughs> not writing an Archie Monkeys track listing because we've probably done that many times already, but getting it published in Enemy, that's the, that's the important bit. So well done on that. Um, I think the first question I've got to ask is what made you want to brave the inevitable backlash? Um, because we all know everyone's got their Archie Monkeys opinions and some stronger than others. So the minute you put this out there, you know that everyone's going to come back at you with their own opinion. So, yeah, what made you want to brave it? Um, it kind of started from a joke, in all honesty. About a month ago, I put a tweet out, like, between myself and my followers. We kind of always joke about how obsessed I am with this band to a ridiculous extent. And I said something along the lines of, like, I feel like it's my moral duty as a music journalist and an Arctic Monkeys obsessive to one day rank all of their songs in a massive listicle. And um, I work quite closely with NME, like I'm fortunate enough to know the editors there. And I thought that's obviously the right place to go, given the band's history with the magazine. And um, I just knew that I'd be able to kind of stand my ground a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I make I make so many jokes online about how obsessed I'm with this band and how much they mean to me, but I haven't got anything in writing to prove that. So I thought if I can kind of get it all into this massive piece kind of have the space to be quite funny about it but still quite insightful then whatever backlash I get I was ready to take it really because I knew I had not only other people's knowledge of my obsession with them but kind of the facts and insight myself to yeah kind of take it on really (laughs) and this is day one of it being published but um how has the how has the backlash been just today um it's been okay. It's been a little bit on and off. I mean, the Facebook groups have been getting a little bit excited today, definitely. <laughs> um, I haven't checked the forum or anything yet, but yeah, I've had a lot of people kind of giving me slander for putting the humbug B-sides quite low, which I was expecting. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we're all big humbug fans on this pod, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people just coming at me with their sort of personal opinions, but nothing too bad, actually, so... Yeah, it's been a little bit lighter than I expected. Okay, well, I, I think you're strong enough to um, stand up to it. I can see that. But <laughs> I wanted to ask, is um, is this like your personal list or did you feel like you had to create a list that was a bit more objective and, you know, putting songs that you thought the whole fan base could unite around? 
Um, I think definitely objective, in all honesty, in my world start As objective as possible, obviously. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> as obje- yeah, definitely. You're right there. Um, yeah, in my world, Star Treatment is their best song, but I think... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of agreement going around <laughs> the pod here. Yeah. Probably just celebrated. A thousand percent, but you've just kind of got to consider the context of the songs and the history that the publication has got with each song. So yeah. I was just thinking about like iconic moments when they played these songs live or kind of critical reception, or maybe there's a bit of insight or history behind each song that could have been added there. So yeah, it was really hard not to be quite emotional and had that personal bias towards so many of the songs, because obviously I've lived with these songs for over a decade now and I've made my own memories with them. Well, I know that everyone on this panel is itching to ask you about the list and their own personal favorites. Um, they did little did they know when they saw the list this morning that they'd have this opportunity this evening. I, I bet either. So they're very lucky. Um, but I'm going to give them. I'm going to kind of let them loose, and um, everyone's going to ask you. We're going to. We're going to. I'll call it a gripe, but we'll say one gripe and one positive. So your favorite thing about the list and your least favorite, and we're going <laughs> to. I feel like we're being really harsh here. Just putting you on a pedestal, Sophie, to just answer the questions. But I know you can handle it. Thank you. So, um, so we're going to start with Steve. What is, um, tell, tell us your gripe first. What is the one thing you disagree with most? That feels like such a negative starting point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to, do you want to tell her about the list, how great it is first? Do you want to see that? Oh, no, seriously, like, I mean, it is that you have essentially embarked upon the most difficult task that I can imagine doing really in music. Um, so that in itself is amazing. And I think that just on a, I guess, semi-serious note that you, it's so true, I hadn't really thought until you said it either but people have such emotional connections with all of these songs and albums in their own way that like it's a ridiculous task but there's no way that this can result in anything other than you getting loads of keyboard warriors going mental it's the only outcome right so um but i thought it was amazing it was and like if you even look at the one was (laughs) wealthy if you look at the amount of discussion it's even created amongst like as matt said like all of the people we know it's amazing to have made that much impact so now i'm gonna have to obviously say specifics which firstly the one that you already see me celebrate i was so pleased to see how high star treatment was at four and it feels like even from what you said then it could have even pushed higher maybe if you had a complete free reign but i would agree with that we did the tranquility based podcast um not long ago and we spoke about that track and it like it it's it's completely unique to me in the entire discography i don't it's so it's i actually find it quite difficult to even you know like uh compare to anything else it's completely in its own yeah. pedestal it's something completely special that is um i feel like a real um a development of all of the all of the work over the years is kind of uh built into that one track so i'm so glad to see how high that was you're gonna make me be harsh and say one gripe because allow me one it would probably be arabella for me at nine because okay. i was saying earlier arabella for me has always felt like a bit of a parody track i always felt like they sounded like they were trying to kind of be someone else a little bit on that song but i can i can also understand why i think people like it i think for me it doesn't feel like them and that's kind of why i don't feel that association with it so that would be my one which i felt was uh did well for itself you know yeah, I think that's definitely a really interesting point that you put forward there about it being a parody. Because I've had a few similar comments today all about why is Arabella in the top 10? And then um, I tried to kind of put it lightly in the piece by saying, obviously, 
it's slightly a bit of a rip off of the war pigs riff but i just think that it's so ridiculous like the audacity of putting what is essentially the same riff as one of the greatest <laughs> metal riffs of all time into that song and on top of that it just felt like a complete reinvention from second in sea where so many of the songs in there were so delicate and elegant when they're talking about love and they're talking about blossoming relationships and this is just the complete opposite like it's so lusty and kind of in your face um right we'll move on to ben wells ben tell us what what's your gripe um we'll start with your gripe because then we'll, we'll finish on the positive yeah yeah i was gonna start a positive oh you can start with the positive oh because you want it yeah because you want it well, I yeah i don't know i feel like I start a positive because it was like steve said obviously a very sort of uh big thing to do and like yeah, you're always going to get abuse for that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I guess like the positives. Um, there's a you couple. Didn't have I was to call her a dickhead on Twitter though, Wellsy. That was too far. <laughs> One of my burner accounts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I, I think I actually quoted your tweet and said I was pretty pleased with Star Treatment, as Steve said. But I think other than that, I was quite happy with um, Anyways and Leave Before the Lights Come On being fairly high because. Yeah. I think there are two sort of, I mean, Leave For Lights that come on technically, I guess, whether it's a B-side or a standalone single, I guess it's more of a standalone single. But um, yeah, I think they're two of their best written songs in completely different eras as well. Like Leave Before Lights come on, I think sums up that first era perfectly. Many Even though it wasn't on the album. And anyways, is just a sort of, it's a proper evolution. And yeah, I think if those songs get played live, they're probably going to be going down, going down as two as like the favourite songs being played that night. So I was, I was pleased with that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the ultra cheese. I'm going to I'm gonna have to talk to you about the ultra cheese. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'll be interested to hear what you think. But yeah, my, my opinion is that like ever since 505, he's not written a brilliant closer to an album. Yeah, I think, I think certain romance in 505 are amazing tunes and brilliant album closers but i think ever since then i think he's sort of struggled to replicate that so i'll be interested to see sort of why it, why it scores so highly for you i've actually had the opposite today that's quite controversial i've heard quite a few messages saying like thank you for actually giving the ultra cheese really the respect it deserves <laughs> yeah um because i this podcast oh well <laughs> but yeah i see what you're saying about it not really being a grand statement in terms of a closer but for me it's more the simplicity of it I don't think there's been an Arctic Monkey song that is so sort of inward looking and so direct as the object mm. is like think about the context of the album it's on you can think about Tranquility Base which is just so ridiculous in its illustrations and its imagery and then you've got something here that is so forward from Alex who never really wants to seem to talk about himself or open up too much about his life like all of his lyrics are kind of lauded in metaphors and yeah it was just more about how direct that song felt in comparison to the rest of the album and how shocked I was the first time I heard it and just leaving obviously on that last line there and I haven't stopped loving you once it's yeah there were so many <laughs> comparisons there obviously back to his relationship with Alexa and you'd think seven years on yeah. <laughs> not be amused anymore for the lyrics but it, it caused a lot of not drama at the time but a lot of discussion between the fans as to who he was alluding to mm. so yeah it's quite an interesting one 
as it's not it's not grand it's not rich or detailed or in your face in the slightest it's just so startling yeah i think it's quite funny you say it because i in a way i think it's quite a theatrical tune in a way mm-hmm. in terms of like a closer it, i know what you mean like in terms of the lyrics it's sort of like very inward looking very sort of you know, almost like tender lyrics but i think like as a track it, it just sort of seems i think fairly over the top as a closer it almost feels to me like and i actually don't mind the song i think it's fine like i don't it's, it definitely wouldn't be near the end of my list it'd probably be like mid-table but i think it's just a bit too sort of theatrical for me a bit too sort of it feels like he was trying very hard to write the song to close the album that's what sort of happened when he came to that but yeah, I see your point. Yeah, game of opinions. Um, Will Sparks, we'll come to you. Do you want to um, tell Sophie what you think about the list first? Yeah, um, it's getting frosty in here, isn't it? Jeez. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would be well. Anyone expected a smooth ride to big the list up? Well, just, I mean, nah, not having it. Not having the ultra. No, no don't chance. agree. No chance. <laughs> I far worse today, honestly. This is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first of all, yeah, I echo what Steve said, that to, to write this list is pro- A, probably your life's work and B, an ambition <laughs> that we all have that you've reached before us. So congratulations. And I think that but we all, like we were talking about a list before you came on, unanimously, unanimously agreed about the list is how well like the bottom section is done. Like the, yeah, the, the, the structure of the whole you, list. You, you've identified good. the shite and you put it in the right place. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of... <laughs> And there's some really great sarcastic com- comments and a synopsis under them. Just like one of them says, there's a lot going on here, <laughs> like in italics, <laughs> basically meaning this this is wank. Uh, but yeah. um, in terms of gripe, if I had to have a gripe, as I think we all agree, the list is pretty well done. Uh, evil t- evil Twin in the top 20. Um, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, like evil, today. I like Evil Twin. I do like it, but when you look at what um, when you look at what precedes it, you, you've got a one point perspective. You've got a fake tales. You've got a suck it and see. They're all much better, surely. Like that. That's a great. And, and we, are, of course, we've done the gripes first because we had to get out of our system. We're going to come on to like the well. Main, let's let, let's hear Sophie's reply to that later. But yeah, evil twin. Mm. Yeah, you're not the first to say this either. <laughs> as soon as you kind of explained the format of this podcast, I was like, evil twin, evil twin, evil twin, evil twin. It's funny with B-sides because I think like you're probably allowed to have one B-side really high up that it's just your yeah. own personal preference because like that is, I feel like B-sides are way more subjective as well. I don't know what it is about B-sides, but they're more subjective. Everyone has different opinions about B-sides. It's over B-sides, especially if you're... Yeah. I've had a lot of comments today where people have said, kind of, did you just go on Spotify and choose the most popular songs and chuck them in the top? Like, have you ever listened to these B-sides? Because I know the bottom half of the list is quite B-side heavy, but to put it simply, like, they're B-sides for a reason. They're B-sides for a reason, of course, yeah, absolutely. How else I can say it? I think you've nailed the the B-sides being in the bottom half mostly, which is why we're just asking about Evil Twin, because we think, well, it's not my favourite B-side. I had even people message me saying, have you even listened to Matador? It's like... There is an element like, uh, and I feel like this is probably the theme of your whole list, which is, it's such an amazing like testament to them as a band where someone I was saying to these guys earlier can think I'm going to go on the internet and, and express how disappointed I am that Matador 
a random like b-side is only ranked at 97 and i think like that's kind of symbolic of this entire discussion and your entire list which is like there's so few bands that can capture that level of discussion i mean can you imagine having someone coming up with a gripe like that for like a random b-side of another band i just don't think it really exists does it like unless i'm unaware and i feel like it's the, the matinal thing's funny i feel like it's kind of symbolic of your whole list and day because it's like that is just the most ridiculous task because so many people are so incredibly engaged with them and their output right yeah it's it's crazy and obviously with matador as well that was one of the songs that was a japanese release even before a uk release so it's not even like is it a, a, a mainstream b-side like so, so to say um but yeah i think you're right in saying that's symbolic of my whole day because who else would get that wound up over a song that means nothing to the band's progression yeah. in the slightest it's it's what like 15 seconds of like a half mumbly rap sort yeah. of thing it's just yeah there's nothing nothing to the song yeah you and you you realize i'm sure you do as you as a music journalist when you interview bands that they write songs sometimes and just literally never think about them ever again like they might come up with them in two minutes but like well we need a b-side like we had joe carnell on the podcast and one right. of my favorite songs by milburn um is a b-side and um it's called a wicked thing to say and he was like what you like you like that we just came up with b-side just need one we need one in studio and, uh, it's like oh that's good isn't it my favorite ever Milburn song doesn't even care about it that's why he never plays it and this is it so yeah it, all these people that are gonna love matador who cares fuck them um will what's the favorite part of the list for you my favorite part of the list uh there's lots and lots of favorite parts well done good answer there's lots of favourite parts. I felt like a game show host. Well, you're, all great, you're all great contestants. What a lovely day out. <laughs> you know, um, I'd cornerstone making top ten. Love that. That yeah. that's that's got to be. I mean, for me, for me, it's even higher. Yeah. Um, and and the other one I'd say is um, I think Wellesley might be a bit wrong when he says he's never never written a good closer apart from Five Hundred Five because that's where you're wrong. Is an amazing album closer and it's an amazing song i really wanted it to get top 10 i i, I listened to it i never think it was supposed to be a closer and it doesn't sound like a closer but it's the last one on the album so i'm having it as a closer and a, and a, and a bloody good one at that suck it and see should have been a closer that's that's all that's all i say <laughs> i agree yeah, I, that, 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 that's where you're wrong it's like one of my favorite arts monkeys songs and um to have them and call us on within three each other high up the ranking is i'll, I'll take that from the from the list Wicked. absolutely um right well sophie then i'll give you mine as well just for um, good measure um i'll start with my gripe then because yeah 505 um 15th and we um we were saying just before we came on that it came first in our poll of best arctic monkey songs among our listeners um and so and i'm sure again there's probably one you've had a few messages about today yeah if you go through the tweets especially on the tweet from the nme's account it's like 505 and number 14 who got paid to write this and stuff like that it's yeah <laughs> there is again. Me. that's your other burn account yeah. It, yeah. yeah it's because out of all the songs it is probably the biggest fan favorite um, yeah. i mean anytime they play it at a live show like i was lucky enough to see them at the o2 two years ago and miles kane came out to do 505 and i just don't think I've ever seen a reaction to a live song like that. I, yeah, I thought you were going to say to Miles Kane. That's, uh, yeah, he's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I did get a bit excited when Miles Kane came out. Did you? Are oh, you a big Miles Kane fan? Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Nice. And obviously, to kind of see him play 
five of five. That's just like a bucket list thing for a monkeys fan, really, isn't it? So Balaclava being seventy five, good. Too many people. So we've been doing, you know, that little table game, um, yeah. which we have like three songs on each table, mm-hmm. and there's a table with balaclava on it that keeps getting votes. I'm like, it's got balaclava on it. The reason we put balaclava on the table was so it didn't get votes. And it's a shit song. Sorry, it's like like when you watch Eurovision and you like some that like someone for some reason they keep getting eight points and then a ten. You think no, this can't win. They can't win. They (laughs) can't sneak the victory. It's one of their worst album tracks. Oh, absolutely. Might be their worst album track. No, the bad things. The The bad thing. The bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, that shit. The bad thing is far worse than Balakar. I think we all agree to the bad thing on your list. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's so awful. I think you dealt with the shit very well, like 2013, 100% agree. Like, so something that gets stuck in my head, it's a bit of an earwig at times. It's, and it's really annoying. It's like, get out of here. It's cringy as well. The lyrics in that song, I just sometimes, I think, how did the man, same man that wrote Cornerstone, right, 2014. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's so yeah. cringy uh, and painful to listen the way he sings about social media. Like, I know it's probably some sarcasm lying in there, but yeah, it just should. Shouldn't have ever made it out of the studio. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and I'm going to throw one more compliment of you from at number 10. It was great because like, it's a fucking belter. One of yeah. their best songs by Easley. And um, probably gets a bit underlooked sometimes, obviously, because it's come back from the start of the journey and there's other bigger songs on the album. Yeah. Um, what we're going to end, though, with um, Sophie, and take a minute to compose yourself if you need to, is just asking you your album ranking. Um, because it's something that we definitely talk to each other about a lot. Um, for number one, we're definitely gonna have to go to Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Nice. Okay, cool. Gonna check Favorite Worst Nightmare at number two. Nice. Whatever people say I am at number three. Oh, it's not looking good for Humbug, is it, Matt? Oh, <laughs> not looking good. <laughs> Mid table already. Take the old Kermit, Kermit the Frog sit there. You wait for sucking sea last, mate. Then you'll be in the dirt. No, second season number four for me. Oh no! Oh, oh no! He's really taking a southern turn now. <laughs> Humbugs get relegated right in front of Maynard's face. Now, now the real gripe start. Yeah. <laughs> and then Humbug number five, AM number six. Okay. Do you know what? I think that's a really u- kind of unique list. I've never mm-hmm. heard like I, f- I kind of always think that you can sometimes group certain albums with each other and likings for certain albums. So I do really rate the unique perspective there. Um, I do also not particularly like AM that much, so fair play on that one. And like yeah. Tranquility Base. AM yeah. is such a tricky one. It actually came up when I pitched the article because I said to them, look, that 10 out of 10 AM review that obviously was published in Enemy in 2013 is obviously going to affect how I kind of structure this list quite a bit because that's not my opinion on the album at all. But when that review came out, it caused absolute chaos in and amongst the fandom that they, that they came out with these crazy comparisons to the likes of like Bowie and Zeppelin and this, that and the other. And yeah, it's it's a great album, but for me, a few songs on there that haven't connected with me in the same way as they have on Tranquility. Like I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. return to them that often or I don't kind of associate many significant moments in my life with them in the same way if you kind of get in there they're just yeah it's great like it's it's a great album to kind of listen to and get get into the groove of it but it just doesn't resonate with me in any way to be completely honest nice well 
Sophie, um, you've been fantastic. Thanks. You can follow Sophie aptly on Fluorescent Soph. Yeah, and uh, so go and follow for loads of. I mean, it's not just Arctic Monkeys you cover, is it? It's all the, all the great indie yeah. and rock music. Yeah, all the big ones. A lot um, of Arctic Monkey shit posting on Twitter, <laughs> though. So I, I will warn you. <laughs> Basically, like a mad sounds Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd love to have you back on again one day, um, Sophie. So Thank yeah, Thank you so much. Well, that isn't the end of Arctic Monkeys chat. Um, they've just released a live album after all from the Royal Albert Hall. What did we all think? Um, Wellesy, what, what did you think of this live album? You've got, you've got the EP, haven't you? been sent no. to your house no no i'm still waiting it's a christmas present so oh. i'll be opening it on christmas day i've actually not listened to it yet because i like to keep the suspense oh wow um, but I've, i have uh, I, have a, I have heard all the songs before and yeah they're good aren't they what you mean you've heard them at the gig were you at the gig no 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 i heard them the songs <laughs> you've not heard those versions no i'm i sold i'm waiting for it to be until santa comes so, so i can open it come on the mad sounds you know, you're a good guest for this podcast we're talking about it's in the running order mate yeah but i can't gonna, even talk about i'm it. not gonna like ruin my listening experience i heard oh, one of the boys in the band podcast last week saying how great it was he's like, yeah i've got it i've listened to it a hundred times <laughs> oh brilliant well that's good isn't I, it knee socks her version was very good because it was different to the live version, the recorded version. But you other heard than me that, say I've that not heard anything, so... You heard me say no. that earlier. Um, so, Steve, what did you think of the live album? <laughs> loved it. Loved it, really. I mean, they don't really do... They're not really a live album kind of band, are they? Waited a long time to do something like this. Very U2 of them, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's quite nice to have it, just to have one there in the background. I agree. So I agree. Because, you know, I think we've all done the occasional YouTube watch of gigs and it's nice just to have that at your at your disposal, I think. I've had it. I've had it on a few times in the shower. I don't know. Where have you been listening to it? Do you know where I've listened to it? I've listened to it where I've been running and I found that quite mm. an incredible experience. The only thing about it is, and as per the Arctic Monkeys list of tracks that was uh, published today ranking in order you're never going to be satisfied with a set list so you can always have gripes about what's in it or what's we, we love a gripe on this podcast the gripe but i think you just gotta be generally pleased that, that it's out there and it's just more for your more for your listening pleasure yeah uh, top tracks any top tracks you select all shit ones as well yeah. top track for me because amazing song anyway but really good live i think on there as well and um so different isn't it so different to every other song that they play on there and i think it's really nice come straight in after the encore um yeah loved it star treatment there you go wells that's something to look forward to isn't it christmas day no i i'm, I'm looking forward to spinning out on christmas day honestly that is going and as well, it's all for charity, isn't it? It's all for charity, and that's obviously a very good thing. Ten a.m. with a can of Fosters in your hand, you're spinning the live album. Well, we, I've got my own Kobe Christmas, so I'm going to literally be just me, me and my girlfriend in London enough in my flat, oh. spinning the Arctic Monkeys. Um, so it could be very good. It could also depress it. Not sure yet. Uh, let's find out. We shall wait and see. I, I love Brian Storm on the album. It sounds exactly how Brian Storm should uh, should sound. Yeah. Really, really loud. Drums sound great. And uh, the bit where 
sort of drop comes in at the beginning and the, the sort of when when i because I, I went to that gig and the, the lights just dropped complete complete okay. pitch black and then when it kicks in, you've got the red i think it was red lights they're using yeah solid and uh yeah i agree with steve i've been out a couple of runs uh runs lately and uh f- feels like i'm on stage playing the songs when i'm really <laughs> pounding along so you got to do you were at the gig were you, you were at the gig itself yeah, yeah was it- how, how does the record compare to the live experience and like does it does it reflect what you felt um it, do you know what i always find this with gigs i think a lot of people are the same well i like to think they are like i try and take in so much and i try and memorize little parts of every gig and even the ones that i go to though i'm not that drunk or i try and like right i'm gonna remember this night i still can't remember the, the moments like i can't remember <laughs> i just remember like sort of li- little snippets and then when you hit so when you hear the live album it's great because you were like oh that's actually what it was like but i can't take it all in because it's all just so overwhelming you're like fucking oh, i'm seeing the arctic monkeys at the royal out hall when i went i was in the i was in like the choir seats which obviously like most venues don't have so you're, i was behind the stage essentially yeah. and that's yeah. down and it was um yeah i was really really obviously i'd love to go standing but like it was i was really really lucky to get a ticket for that but yeah i was we've been waiting yeah like matt said we've been waiting a long time for this album and thank god it's finally here I, only, only gripe and we, and we do love a gripe uh, like she looks like fun in the set list like i had no idea why they stuck <laughs> that one in there's a lot i of don't them. know i just i feel like in this era of live i'm quite happy to just have anything of tranquility base just been put in not not anything i mean there, there there's got there's got to be standards but they but they chucked ritz the rubble and view from the afternoon in just casually and i'm just like yeah got 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 to be on board with that well anything that just is counteracting or, or counterbalancing the amount of am tracks i want to put in is fine by me so. yeah well, it was 5 a.m five tranquility uh on on the album uh three from humbug three from the first from the and first from the and there was only one second see well they don't oh, really like second see oh, one second see yeah of course fuck off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've already covered quite a lot of uh gig chat so i want to know what is the best christmas time gig that you you've ever been to uh the one around christmas where you come out and was it snowing was everyone wearing santa hats and such and such i'll, I'll kick i'll kick the chat off i went to richard ashcroft three days before christmas at the kentish town forum this was a rescheduled gig because he cancelled all of his gigs and he rescheduled it on the 22nd and to be honest i thought he was going to cancel it again it's like why would you do a gig three days before christmas he um the best christmas related thing i guess about it was that he he sung i uh, have yourself a merry little uh, a merry little christmas and he was so pissed that he couldn't remember the words um so he had to go off for a bit and get a song sheet and he put his guitar down and sort of had the song sheet in one hand microphone in the other and just looked like a pissed up carol singer it was pretty impressive <laughs> even by his standards but um yeah as, as rescheduled christmas gigs go yeah decent worth the money worth the admission uh wellsy uh what about you uh yeah I, to be honest i can't really say i've ever been to an actual christmas gig as such like there's never been a sort of a festive occasion for it but yeah in terms of december gigs i mean i've been to cortina the last couple of years but Solid. i wouldn't say there is a massive christmasy vibe there um <laughs> i was i was i was hoping to go to um i'll make joe's joe Cornell's uh big christmas thing this year but obviously you know not going to happen this year and but maybe in the future that is one to consider i think we should do a mad sounds out in downtown joe's next year i think we should yeah yeah definitely matt what about you 
Uh, I'm going to go for recency because I just don't remember many years of uh, December gigs. But last year we went to Yalla in December and I feel like we had an amazing night. Obviously Yalla, is, so that's Felix White from the Maccabees. He runs the night in Bermondsey and Peckham. This one was the Peckham one at Peckham Audio audios and it was yeah loads of different bands and then afterwards you just go into an indie night dj set i sort of remember vaguely them playing like don't sit down didn't they i think yeah yeah we, 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 we were straight down to the floor when that came on like wow they're playing this like i mean i don't like that song particularly in, in an arctic monkeys set list but when it sort of comes on in an indie night you're like oh interesting choice yeah um, what bands did you see that night well, there's a lot no. of yellow bands that I quite like you know you got like Willie J Healy uh, Magic Gang used to be yellow yeah it wasn't played, any, it wasn't anyone big that I remember it wasn't anyone notable but it was a good night yeah. and especially you know a night out of Christmas you can't knock a night out of Christmas can you that's what I miss right now just go into it like an indie night um, uh. or any night to be honest Well, talking of Christmas gigs, what about Christmas tunes, lads? There's a few new ones out, isn't there? Um, who has listened to Liam Gallagher's All You're Dreaming Of? Yeah? Uh, uh, Sparta, so you're a big Liam fan? LG. Yeah, um, oh, it was okay. I, I wouldn't say it was anything anything amazing. Didn't, like, blow my mind. Uh, I think Noel's effort with uh, Wandering Star last year was a bit much better. The one with Stephen Graham in the music video uh, had a lot more of a lot, lot more chime in it and everything. This Liam one, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it does sound like it could be an Oasis B-side um, with, you know, a bit overproduction. But, um, yeah, I'm, obviously I really want to say like, I love it. Oh, Liam's great and everything, but I, I, I don't know about this. I just don't know about this one. I'm, I'm a bit torn at the moment. Do you think it's? Do you think that Liam Gallagher tune is a Christmas tune, or is that just a tune he happened to release at Christmas? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I watched the music video and it did have a bit of a Christmassy. Sort yeah, but of there's feel. no, there's no mention of like Yuletide or you know, like... <laughs> Yuletide, Yuletide, Yuletide. Or what's it called? Yeah, there's no, no mention. mention of, of, there's no mention of any sort of Christmas links, is there? Like, I'm no not mention getting, of gingerbread men or anything. I'm not getting baby Jesus vibes. Like, oh. I think, I think it's an alright song, but it just sounds like a song that probably should have been on one of his albums. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, fair. It, it doesn't sound like he wrote it either, does it? I, th- I think it's just universally been accepted as a Christmas song, so I guess it makes the. Uh... It sounds like it would sound better in Noel's voice. I think. Do you, Do you think it is like the diehard of Christmas songs? Like the fact that it's come out at Christmas and has, you know, maybe like a little Christmas jingle to it, but <laughs> isn't necessarily very festive. It, it sort of qualifies, maybe. Yeah. It's, do you think there's any Christmas songs that are like imposters that have made it? Like maybe E17. Yeah. Like, how is that a Christmas song? But it is. Yeah. There, yeah. there are quite a few. Um, there are quite a few imposters. But um, you're talking, uh, talking about Stay Another Day, maybe being an imposter. Uh, top three for Christmas number one that year. Uh, number three, which t- the, the highly tipped to get number one, was Whatever by Oasis. Arguably one of their best ever songs. Pipped to number two by All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey. And Stay Another Day beat both of them to number one uh, in, wow. in 1994. That, that's like, that's, your, that's a top three in it. That's 
talk about Premier League top six. Yeah, Christmas. That's your big three. And that, but then because the seventeen was number one, it became a Christmas song. Was that how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. Twenty fifth December. Also uh, in at number five, Cotton Eye Joe by uh, Rednecks. Um, Love me for a reason, boy zone coming in uh, up Oasis ass as well. So good bit of caliber in that in that ninety four list. Get a number one in the nineties, and you in at Christmas, and you've got a chance of you know it will be a Christmas song forevermore. That is that's a money spinner. Someone's got to go back in time, right? Get their number one song out on December the twenty fifth. Yep. And then the most, the most mad thing for me about that is that Mariah Carey didn't get to number one. I mean, yeah. And that, I would, if I was playing pointless, I'd be thinking that's the got the highest scoring answer for a Christmas number one. Absolutely. Definitely came number one. Do you want to have a stab at what was number one the year after? Eighty-five, is it? Yeah, nineteen ninety-five. I've not, what is there a clue? Uh, yeah, um, it, it's it's a him. He's quite a successful pop artist. Old Lang Syne. <laughs> it's not old Lang Syne. Yeah, it's a him. Is a very or like a him or like Cliff it's, Richard. It's a man or a him as in a Cliff Richard. It's not Cliff Richard. It is a man. <laughs> it was Earth Song by Michael Jackson. No. Oh, because I was thinking for like, oh, come on, you faithful. It's I thought like, you meant him. Like him. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking like, come on, you faithful. Is there ever anyone describing Brian as a him? Nah, mate, him, him the yeah, him. Yeah, it's a him. You hip. can't say that about Christmas. <laughs> yeah. We're all guessing fucking... We're all seeing Kumbaya. Are you saying you said him to confuse the panel and make them not get the answer? (laughs) Oh, no. See you later. (laughs) And the year I was born, 1996, to become one by Spice Girls took top spot. Tune. Yeah. Um, Tune. Well, anyway, moving back to current Christmas songs, we also had The Cribs, which which we listened to as a podcast earlier, didn't we? Were before uh, you turned up, Carlo. But uh, it was just a bit, you know, samey, bit, nothing special, was it? Yeah, but I, I won't have a bad word said about the Cribs because oh. I just think, I think fair play to them. They've made a big comeback this year. And if any band deserves to release a Christmas song and make a bit of money from it, it's them. Mm. It, is, it is a bit samey, but I think it, it stays true to their roots in terms of you know how their songs sound yeah and it's also got like big festive vibes and i listen to it and i'm <laughs> feeling very festive you know i'm putting my tree up you know what i mean yeah you look you sound <laughs> festive you sound so rejoiced at this podcast that you're doing it right now you're so energetic and positive <laughs> not be and you're really carrying the energy right now well, i think i think you've got to be after a year like this you've got to take any any sort of positivity you can yeah, and yeah the fact is that christmas brackets all year long by the cribs is a positive moment in the year <laughs> as was their album and our brackets all year long <laughs> well wellsy's spoken that's that sorted that's the end of that chapter wellsy what are you drinking again uh barefoot wine yeah. what, what percentage is that seven quid what percentage is that uh, five pound fifty uh it is 13 yeah it thought it was higher to be honest um What's your favourite ever Christmas songs then? Uh, Step Into Christmas by Elton John. It has to be. The correct answer. Yeah, no, I think I The correct answer is Wham. The correct answer is Last Christmas Wham. It really is. I, I, had, I actually, do you know what? 
when we we sort of went over this question beforehand, step into Christmas is what I was planning on saying. And the fact that Sparksy has said it and Steve has also agreed, I think just sums up like that song comes on when you're shopping, which it always does. You know, you're feeling you're feeling when you're shopping, do you say? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you're in like Debenhams or something. Dude, <laughs> I don't want to be at Debenhams at Christmas. <laughs> Debenhams is closed now, anyway. Uh, John Lewis. Um, that <laughs> is wait, the song that you hear and you think of Christmas, yeah. no? Am I wrong? It's got that jangly, like, festive, quite frantic piano, isn't it? It's a bit... Yeah. It gets you a bit... It's a bit of a toe-tapper. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It it's like a... <laughs> just got a vibe it's about right. it. It's a good song. I, I like it. I do like it. I just I, don't, I, don't get me wrong. Last Christmas is a banger. Wow. Last Christmas is an absolute banger, but I just yeah. think Elton... I just think Elton, Elton takes it, like... I, I would say this. I'd say that Last Christmas is a Christmas Day classic. You have that on when you're eating dinner, and it's perfect. But yeah. Step Into Christmas is like an early December classic. Step Into Christmas stop... is the song that gets you hyped for Christmas. You need to stop projecting your Christmas ideals onto other people. Like this is this is what happens in your world. This is Christmas like, you need communism. To start embracing other. Where where do we stand on um, uh, Merry Christmas Everyone by Shaking Stevens? I think we need to check his hard drive to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I get you want to start that again? You can't include that. No, do you know what? Like he, he was there. Was, I was watching the Christmas special of Pointless a few years ago, and uh, obviously good fun. So the celebrity, a lot of the good celebs on there. Well, um, you know, good celebs, B list, C list celebs, and then at the end, Alexander Armstrong out of nowhere, and finally a performance from Shaking Stevens. <laughs> 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 just, just sort of bopping about like oh, wow. records playing children and i'm just like mate this this is so it was more tragic than the elton john piano fiasco that we uh-huh. chatted about earlier in the year but it was um it was awful i just didn't expect it though didn't expect it like when they started having live performances on the andrew Marr show <laughs> sunday morning <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, oh, like, like you had the home secretary on talking about the homelessness crisis and then just like okay okay well thanks for watching that it, for the live studio performance we've got one batch take it away <laughs> yeah that is, that was... i've got a big opinion on a certain christmas song which i think is quite marmite which is chris rear and i think it's an unbelievable track and i think if driving over christmas was like a song by richard hawley that maybe wasn't about christmas people would be like that is an unbelievable track like this baroque pop his vocals amazing on it it's got quite a warm sort of like feel to it i think it's a great track i love and, it love it yeah it's, it's amazing I, would, would you say it's controversial though because i wouldn't say it's controversial i think it's right. if i'm looking at a spotify playlist christmas that's going to be sort of top five tunes isn't it i feel like people find it a bit cheesy i think yeah no, I, I agree I, I just imagine chris rear he's in he's in the mondeo he's just been tesco for the big christmas food shop he's driving home he's just got his favorite tunes on i can't wait to see those faces <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a happy bloke isn't he like what, what are your like dark horse under the cover christmas songs then dark fruit under the cover you're under under the cover of darkness christmas song <laughs> underneath um, the tree by kelly clark not, not the darkness um i would say i'm gonna go with the maccabees version of the snowman which is a really nice cover and uh, i always play it every december so Aww. that's mine and that's on brand 
Pros on brand, that is, yeah. Um, meanwhile, off brand, <laughs> I reckon we've got Ariana Grande's Santa Baby, which is a certified banger, albeit a cover, but again, a modern twist on a classic Christmas song that I really enjoy. Uh, yeah, Underneath a Tree by Kelly Clarkson's Maya, my dark horse, 100%. Bit of a tree. Well, I think really let himself down, Christmas song, is McCartney. Like, imagine having the songwriting capability of him and then writing that. Yeah. Robert, I don't you? mind it. I mean, I don't I don't like it that much, but I don't hate it. Oh, it's, so. it's like the synthesizer in the background. It's just so cheesy and crap. Yeah. Brown. <laughs> On the other hand, Lennon, War Is Over is good. Great yeah. song. Great song. Yeah. Classic okay. Lennon. Yeah. Do you know that uh, Mariah Carey is in the running to be number one again this year? Although, she, having said, what we've spoken about, she might not have ever been number one before. I mean, judging by recent years, number one, I think people would welcome that. I mean, what was it, when was that sausage roll tune? Yeah, he's in, he's in for it again. I mean, He's Jesus. the favourite to be number one again. It just sums up Great Britain, doesn't Lad it? Lad Baby. A man called Lad Baby. Oh, fuck me. Dear, oh dear. Let's not get started on that because that's a whole other podcast, isn't it? But, um... <laughs> right, so I've actually got a game I want to put to the two regular co-hosts of Mad Sounds here. Oh, yeah. Um, Matthew Maynard and William Sparks. So, yeah, you, you, you've been doing podcasts for a while now, haven't you? It's been nearly a year. A year, is it? How long has it been? Yeah, about 10 months. Three quarters of a year, yeah. 10 months, yeah. You, you good mates? Are you mates outside the podcast? <laughs> oh, big time. Well, we've been running Indie Night for a, um, well over a year. But, yeah, you like each other, don't you, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Well, you are. Well. This, is, this isn't a business thing. This is a, this is a sort of a personal, it's, friendly... This is a sexual relationship, yes. <laughs> Anyway, getting back on topic here. So I would like to play a game of Mr. and Mrs. We all, we all know the premise of Mr. and Mrs. It's about knowing you know, who knows the most about their partner. And in this scenario, you two are together. You know, you're entwined in this, this podcast, you know, and in life in general as well, outside of this podcast. Sure, 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 sure. So I want to start off just by asking, just put it to the floor. Who, who wears the pants in this, this podcast relationship? Uh, well, I think you're basically asking who's the Mister and who's the Mrs. Aren't you? That's what you're getting at here. Yeah, yeah. In a in a roundabout way, I'd say I'm the Mrs. Um, actually, I'm, I'm the Mister. I'm the Mister, definitely. Mister, yeah, you. Sparks, Sparks is the Mister, and I'm the Mrs. I think. All right, so we've got Mister Sparks and Mrs. Maynard over here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, basically, me, me, myself, and Steve over here are going to ask you a sort of a series of questions but we're going to take it one at a time obviously so the other person doesn't hear what's going on and can't interfere and we want to find out who knows the most about each other
for five marks. Can you guess William Sparks's top five artists of 2020 according to Spotify Wrapped? Arctic Monkeys, number one. Yeah, and you'd be correct. First place of all. Yeah, I'm going to say... It's hard with the current ones for who he's gone for. I'm going to say... Tame Impala? Tame Impala's incorrect, I'm afraid. Mm. Doesn't make the top five. Right, well, now I'm going back. Sparksy looks distraught over here. Well, I was thinking more this year's artist. I'm going to go Oasis. Oasis is a a given, surely. So, yeah, you're correct. They they came in second. I'm going to go with Liam Gallagher. Liam LG. Surprisingly, incorrect, actually. (laughs) Damn it. You you would think, you know. I I I was getting my target of three. Yeah, you want one. I'm going to say oh, the Verve. The Verve do sneak in then. Oh, nice. In fifth place, of course. He's got his target of three. There you go, three out of five. Not too bad. Uh, I, think I think that's good. Could I, think, I think I'd say you've got the three that I'd expect you to get. I'd say. Right. That, yeah. That's fine. Will, do you want to confirm the final two? The other two you're missing were Swade and The Twang. Interesting, yeah. I, I, I think that would have taken so a So maybe you would have got, got them, but yeah, they're so. fairly difficult ones, yeah. Okay, right. So basically, I'll move, I'll move straight in to Will Sparks over here. So Matt's yeah. on the line, he's here. I want you to guess his top five artists from Spotify for 2020. Okay, first, how many, right, first of all, how many do you reckon you can get? I reckon I get three. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see. We'll have a we'll have a stab at Conservative three. Okay, yeah, go on, crack on. Go for number one, be Michael Kiwanuka. He's in the top five, but he's not number one, so you get a point for that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to go for Arctic. I'm going to go for Arctic Monkeys. A given, surely. A number given. two in Matt's list this year. And I'd say Tame Impala are in there as well. They do. They're sneaking in number five. So there you go. You've got, got, you've got your three out of five. You've got two guesses left. Uh, going to how well I know um, my wife, I, I would probably go a stab at Jay Huss. <laughs> you know your missus pretty well. <laughs> Jay Huss is there, he's number one. Oh, can I get a clean sweep? Number five. Jesus. Oh. Okay, can I get a clean sweep? I'm going to go for the fifth and final one as uh, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, he's missed it. He's missed it. Kendrick <sighs> Lamar's not there. It's Who was little, the fifth? It's a little bit of a rogue shout, Matt. Do you want to tell him the fifth? Yeah, it's Jamie Webster. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay, four out of five. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Four stars out of five. Four out of five. Very good. Very good. All right. The, the second question of the game, I would argue, if you know, this will really test the foundations of your marriage. I think the first one is tricky because everyone goes through phases and every year you might listen to something different, but this should be at the real core of you. So what I want to know, and we're firstly, we're going to start with Matt guessing for Will. What is Will's favorite ever album of all time? That is big, and it is something. If you're married, you should know. I think. I think it's Urban Hymns, the Verve. Yeah. Correct. Urban Hymns is correct. Yes. Well done, Matt. You know, you know me too well, darling. The foundation <laughs> of any good marriage, I would say. So I would expect it to be coming in. To be fair. Okay. Right, so- and then. 
we flip it round the other way. Now, he's also set a, a benchmark here. He knows... Mine's tough because I think there's a couple of traps. There's a couple of traps around. Okay. We don't want to let him down there. He's already put his, he's already put his stake in the ground. He knows you. Don't let him down. I'm, uh, I've got to go for Humbug. I've got to go for Humbug. Yeah, he's, he's taken the trap. And, and, and I knew I know I was walking into a trap because I could tell by Matt's face is not the right answer, but I don't know what else to answer. I thought Humbug would take take it. Is there, is there nothing else that you could think of that might be the answer, for example? Not that you're, I'm not going to give you a point because you got it wrong. I but. mean, I know Matt really, really likes Kiwanuka's last album. Probably got it down as one of his best of all time. Um, the only other one I could probably go for is the last Shadow Puppets. Wow. That's how, how long have you known each other? Sorry. Well, that, I'm out of answer. I'm not going to keep rattling for albums. If I, you know, I, I'll take it on the chin. If I got that one right. Go on, Matt. Put him out his misery. Okay, computer. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, computer. <laughs> yeah, computer. Yeah, oh. only their third best album. But no, good answer, mate. Yeah. I, I'd, su I'd suggest that Matt probably does like Humbug better, but Okay, computer sounds a little bit better on Tinder, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more of a niche shout, isn't it? Humbug is. Yeah, it was. I thought you might say that, and I probably should. I will, kind of wanted to pick it for that reason. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was such a bad shout, but there we go. No, I think you've done. I think Sparks of your reasoning there was good. Yeah. Um, right. But you don't get a point, so. Yeah. Okay. Right, so the next round, I'd be surprised if either of you get a point here, but we'll go ahead with it. We'll see what happens. We're going to be throwing it back to the early days of our, our love of music. So, Will, I'm going to throw it to you first. For one point, I want to know. Do you reckon you can name the first ever album that Matt bought? Okay, right. You've got right. You've got to think eras here, by the way. Think when he was born. Yeah, there's, a, there's a little bit of an age gap in this relationship, I know. Okay, so the year I'm thinking, we're looking at 2000, 2001, that sort of era. I'm, I'm going to take a guess at the Eminem show by Eminem. Oh. Do you know what? It's not a bad guess, actually. I'd, I'd say it's, it's some... a really great guess. I'd say mm. it's a logical guess, but it is wrong. Yeah. Uh, Matt, can you, can you put my eyes misery? It's born to do it by Craig David. Nice, good album. Very good album. Very good album. Uh, I'm going to throw the same question back to you, Matt. Uh, William Sparks. Yeah. What do you reckon he uh, he went for first first ever album? Bear in mind, he's only 16, so we're not talking too long ago. <laughs> yeah, I, should, I didn't even think about this, actually. I've not planned this answer at all. Um, yeah, God, so... It, I, I want to I, I say it's something, like, slightly more, like, I don't know, like, Kasabian, their self-titled album. It's not a bad shout. Again, it's not a bad shout, I'd say, Will. What do you reckon? It's a really good shout. Yeah. It's the same year. 2004 I believe it came out in 2004 anyway so yeah. Franz Ferdinand's debut album was the first CD I bought with uh, oh. money I got for my birthday oh it's so <laughs> good guess Joe, Joe, I'm, I'm actually quite impressed with guess. the answers there I thought you both would weigh out we're a married couple, you know. We, we might as we thought we we're probably going to get similar yeah. answers, but well, I bought that and Hot Fuzz <laughs> by the Killers and on the same the same bundle <laughs> from HMV or something like that. Right. So the next round, 
Uh, I've gone for a variant of um, popular game Shag Marry Kill, but to avoid any unnecessary shagging, we're going to go Duet Marry Kill with three famous musical names. So, uh, Will Sparks, I'm going to throw this to you first. I gave Matt three names and asked him to choose who he's going to duet, who he's going to marry, and who is he going to kill. So, the names I gave him were Alex Turner of the Arctic Monkeys, Kevin Parker of Tame Parlor, and Jay Huss of Jay Huss. So, I want you to tell me who he, who's he chosen to duet, who's he chosen to marry, and who's he chosen to kill. Uh, so, I think he's going to marry Kevin Parker. Um, good on the micromanagement front very organised lots of cleaning around the house and I think Matt would take to that um, I think he would kill Jay Huss just on the token that he couldn't kill Alex Turner if he you know if he was presented with that that thought so he's got to do a duet with Turner so I think that those are my those are my answers well I'll give you I'll give you my my answers and the logic behind it I think I'm basing it all around the duet with Turner so that's the first thing in my mind like what do I get to do out of all of these things duet with Alex Turner and then based on that I'm gonna marry Jay Huss and kill (laughs) off Kevin Parker Parker, it's the micromanagement, yeah, as well, of Parker. I'm not, I'm not taking that either. Yeah, he'd get I, on I don't back. want to live with that. He'd get on your back a bit, wouldn't he? Yeah, Yeah, that was the, that was the nail in his coffin or anything. And then we've got... Um, literally, yeah. Literally. <laughs> good, very good answers and, on Yeah, there. and JRC would be cool. He'd be good to live with. I think he's a good bloke. Get on, wouldn't we? So, um, yeah, that's, that's the answers. I've lost track of how many you got right. One point I got there. Just one point, yeah, just one point there. Just All one. right. Uh, Steve, yeah, I'll, let you, I'll let you throw this over to Matt uh, uh, for William's answers. We flip it and we flip the musicians as well to tailor maybe more towards the personal taste. So I want to know, duet, kill or marry Will Sparks with Liam Gallagher, Pete Doherty, and everyone's favourite anti-vaxxer, Ian Brown. <laughs> <laughs> well, surely based on the va- anti-vaxxer, Ian Brown's getting killed off in this instance now. It's 2020. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then... I'm taking the vaccine. So, yeah, well, he'll die anyway. Yeah, don't need to kill him, because he'll go himself on his own call. Um, but I feel we'll kill him, because he'll go anyway, so you might as well put him out of misery. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and then, sorry, so it's Pete Doherty and Liam. Um, yeah. I think he'd marry Liam. I think he'd get, Pete would be a bit, he don't want him using or anything like that. He don't want to start. <laughs> you don't want to take that home, do you? But yeah, I'll stick with my original then. I'll, I'll, I'll say marry, uh, marry Liam. And duet Pete. And duet Pete. They are all correct. They Ooh. are all. Sparty was the reasoning in line with your reasoning. Yeah, yeah, similar. I mean, yeah, Ian Brown one was spot on. I mean, he's probably not going to take the vaccine by the looks of his Twitter. Um, and and on on that topic, I, I wanted to just read out one of Ian Brown's uh, latest tweets um, on all things vaccine related. He's actually done alternative names for people involved in the vaccination process. Uh, so he tweeted from his verified Twitter account, Milky Bar Cunt, Twat Wanksock, Chris Shitty, 
Patrick Glaxo, Jonathan Van Tampon, Tier Stasi, and the British Army. Would you let any of this firm babysit your kids? How's about having them determine every aspect of your life by government decree? Sorry, what was the British <laughs> Army thing about? The what? One for that. <laughs> Which one? The British Army? Does he just mean the British Army? <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't make a name up for them. He just said the British Army, yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed um, Twat Wanksock and Milky Bar Cunt. He's, he's got that one pretty much. Got off to a very good start, actually, <laughs> Yeah, and then he tailed off a bit. But yeah, uh, Ian Brown's gone because of the, the, the sort of the uh, the research and destroyer stuff, as he calls it. Uh, I, I went duet with Pete because he, he does duets anyway, so I think he'd be tailor-made for the duets. Uh, and I'd marry Liam because you know, I've got a long-standing affiliation with... Uh, Big OG. So well done, Matt. Three points. Enjoy so the money. Enjoy the money. I've just realised: is it a contest where we're playing against each other? Because on that, Mister and Mrs. They're playing against other couples, aren't they? It's like a joint. Are we? Well, I don't know. We're playing against Wellesley and Steve. <laughs> 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 Long married couple, Wellesley and Steve. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's a game of a, uh, it's a game of good fun here. No points. It's Christmas good time. Fun, no points. I suppose you really could play against each other. Really, it works. Still, who knows each other better, doesn't it? Yeah, let's get other yeah. random couples on, and we'll um, we'll have a go against them. Maybe, maybe for next year's pod. Yeah, something to consider, isn't it? Incoming, incoming. Includes Mr. and Mrs. and the podcast as well. I guess. I... Hey, are you a bit gutted you lost there, mate? Was that a bit gutted you lost? Or you know, well, I am. You know, I want it's taking it's a taking part that counts, isn't it? So not your. Enjoy the money. <laughs> That's the third time you've made that gag in the last five minutes. I think it's a good gag, and probably about the twentieth on this podcast. Though it's a good gag. I think it was on one of our advent clips as well the other day. So. Thanks. Oh yeah, check out check out old Mad Advent. We're uh, we're on day well Advent. Well, well day twenty one. Um, Wells he's dropped off the call. Wells he's fucked off. He's done. This is it. Don't need me anymore. I've said the goodbyes. Uh, that's, that's 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 his last appearance. Some shocking internet. Poor commitment. But do check out the um, end of year review pod, which will be going out probably next week, uh, where the four of us discuss. Uh, in depth, all the best music that's been out this year, singles, albums, gigs, all that kind of stuff. Not many gigs, was there, let's be honest. Um, but all of that, and uh, we'll be looking ahead to 2021. See you later. Cheers.